the college football experience. Coastal Carolina Chanticleers 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambler Podcast Network. Brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Yes, dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. Once again, that is birddogs.com slash pool. Remember, as always, folks, also to let it ride. Hey, this is Eric Metcalf. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Twenty-three season preview. You know I love talking about the Chanticleers and Coastal, the teal turf, the mullets, uh, the Brook Stadium. Uh, the, what the creator from uh, the, the Hooters money behind it. Everything about <laughs> it is fantastic. Uh, and uh, hopefully you're watching this on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, but look, maybe you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I smoke and I drink and um, I don't have stress and I'm healthy. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love talking coastal football. They have came on the scene. They have really came on the scene and just, this is a school that not that long back was in the FCS. And now look at them. Look at them. They're on national TV. I feel like a a decent amount of the time in the college football seasons or during the college football season. Uh, I mean, they had an 11, one season back in 2020 with an overtime bowl loss. So that close to a national championship. If you ask me, I am joined by uh, my one of my co-hosts, but you know this guy happens to be, happens to be in uh, well, he's in Atlantic City gambling his ass off. Um, so uh, give it up for uh, the DFS God himself, the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lot giving, former, former, heard the best league MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. Let me tell you, man, the Borgata is pretty nice. You're at the Borgata. It sounds like a cheese, but uh, you know, <laughs> you're, you're at the Borgata. Uh, how many wagers have you placed? Did you bet on the U S of what, what's, what's going on right now? College baseball. You wagering on college baseball. What, what, what are you betting I've, I've on? I've been betting mostly major league baseball. I just got up here. Just a quick, you know, two night stay uh, for work. So I, I can't, you know, just be a DJ the whole time. Well, I definitely got a few bets in. Yeah, not so great. Uh, the blackjack hasn't been too kind to me yet. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been 
Uh, yeah, broke up there. You broke up internet. It was probably like the Trump Towers. It's been that long. Uh, the Borgata is really nice, man. I don't know. You broke up oh. a tiny bit there. You broke up a tiny bit there. But Borgata is really nice. He says, "Hey, hey, if you're in AC, you know they used to. I feel like it's the mistake on the ocean, right?" There's a mistake on the lake, <laughs> Chicago. The mistake on the ocean might be uh, Atlantic City. Um, buddy, you got something that rhymes there. I don't know about mistake <laughs> by the ocean. You got something that rhymes. That's why the mistake by the lake is so great. True. But, true. You know, true. Atlantic City is what it is. Look, it's still a DGEN's paradise. It is still somewhat the Vegas of the East Coast. So, uh, look, I'm having fun over here, even if I'm not cleaning up. There you go. Get your boardwalk empire on, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we're going to be talking. Conway, South Carolina, AKA Myrtle beach, you know, not far from great Merle's inlet. You know what I mean? I, I know there's been plenty of times you've been, you've been hammered at uh, Mer- Merle's inlet. Well, just last week when I was at the beach. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of times you're hammering <laughs> at Merle's inlet and you say, put the coastal game on. Of course. Put the coastal game. I don't on. have to tell them to put it on. Cause it's on there because the fan, you know, the amount of fans for coastal Carolina is growing. Like it's not where it completely needs to be. I know later in the episode, we'll talk about uh, the stadium experience and everything. And you know, for big games, like when app state comes to town for big games, it's a really rocking environment that now it it needs to be more consistent. It, It needs to be that same feeling for every game. Not quite there yet, but like you mentioned, you know, this, this is still a relatively new football program. So with more and more success will come more and more of a following. So they're pointed in the right direction. And look, they also shot down that Chinese spy balloon right there. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> that might've been Grayson McCall himself. He might've threw a football up That's there. That's true. Knock it down. That's true. Big bird himself. Throw that, throw the laser. Uh, yeah. So now let you go catch a game, shoot down a fucking Chinese spy balloon. You're going to have a great time. Look, we're going to talk all about coastal. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to talk, uh, you know, offense, defense, special teams, all that good stuff. But before we do that, uh, I want to tell you, we're brought to you by bird dogs. Yes. Bird dogs make you look good. All right. Just like uh, those mullets, those, Teddy Gallagher and uh, Grayson McCall are rocking. You know, they're going to make you look like that. All right. Uh, Bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly, truly sculpted look. Uh, And they fit way better than regular shorts. You know, regular shorts are made of stiff restricting cotton. Bird dogs figured that out a long time ago by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khakis, but uh, you know, stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice all that movement. Uh, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So if you're at Brook Stadium, you know, no one's gonna know that you've been on a two-day bender. You know what I mean? <laughs> down in Myrtle Beach, as long as you put on some bird dogs. All right, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. Um all right, we are back on the college football experience, uh, Coastal Carolina preview, and you know I feel like I love this program really ever since I'm trying to quickly find the drop on the fly right now. Ever since uh, we had uh, one of the greatest uh, coaching sound drops, man, why am I failing? <laughs> why am I failing at this right now? Oh, here we go. Well, ever since we had this, trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to golf tournament for practice. Right, twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door, but the screen's broke. So you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. 
So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, <laughs> the cat turns, tries to get back out. That scream won't go that way. Cat starts going all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back. I have to go shut <laughs> Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, there's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Meow, meow. The cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Meow, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. Well, that's dogs. a great clip. The Chanticleers have come a long way since then. Hey, I, I, but also let's not hate that. That's uh, that's a clip by old coach uh, David Bennett. David Bennett was at Coastal. He was sixty three and thirty nine, including a ten and one season. Went to the FCS playoffs twice. So don't hate on David Bennett. But yes, oh, they, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I love that. I, I don't know what David Bennett's doing nowadays, but we need more David Bennett. Okay. He's a high school football <laughs> coach. He's a high school football coach in South Carolina, probably uh, where he belongs, <laughs> but the world needs more David Bennett. And you know, one of the, the more recent quotes I love is big bird, Grayson McCall himself. When he said, I piss teal. Oh, I love that quote too. I love that quote. And uh, well, I don't I mean, here's the thing. They went from Bennett to Joe Moglia. Moglia, you know, led uh, Coastal to three double-digit win seasons. Then he passed the torch off to Jamie Chadwell, and Jamie Chadwell took him to two 11-win seasons and then a nine-win season last year after they lost to to East Carolina in the bowl game, of course. But um, now comes Jamie Chadwell's off. He's with the Flaming Libs. He's going to uh, uh, Liberty University, the Flames. And and in comes in Tim Beck. Tim Beck now, former UCF quarterback back in the 80s. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's coached everywhere. He was, first off, he was a GA under Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Uh, so he's got ties to Bill Snyder, but then he uh, he ended up coaching at Missouri State. He coached at a bunch of high schools in Texas. Then the Kansas Jayhawks uh, in 2005 and six, which uh, you know that was uh, what's it, what's my guy's name, Mark Mangino, I believe. Um, when Kansas had some of their better years, uh, Mark Mangino, part of the the Mike Leach tree. Then in 2010, he was with Nebraska, which I believe 2010 to 2014. I believe that would be the Callahan wait or no, 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 probably. Uh, oh man. What's the guy's name? It was the uh, DC of LSU. Uh, oh, I'm drawing oh. a blank, drawing a blank right now on, on uh, <laughs> the coach. That would be uh Bo Pelini, Bo Pelini. There you go. Um, then he was at Ohio state in 2015 and 16 with urban Meyer. Uh, then the Texas Longhorns with Tom Herman, and then most recently NC State. Woo! Uh, he's been around. He's been around. He gets that shot. Uh, what's your What's your take on the hire of uh, Tim Beck to Coastal Carolina? I think at first we were skeptics. You know, it's not like the NC State offense has been lights out the last few years under Beck. But you know, the more and more I do a little research, I I, I hear from the people at Coastal and the, and those folks around the program. And also I, I tend to think like, you know, was Beck a little bit ham strung by the conservativeness of the head coach, Dave Dorn, you know, and, and that was evident, very evident in the bowl game after Beck left, 
when Dave yeah. Doran refused to go for on a fourth and one to win the game or something. So I, I'm com- I'm kind of coming around to the hire. I think it might be a pretty good fit. Obviously, he has a, a hell of a track record. He's he's coached under a, a litany of fine coaches. Uh, so I'm coming around to it, and I think he wants to emphasize the run game more, and and, and that sounds good to me. So I'm going to give him you know a, a fair chance here. I think I think he could do well. Well, he brings in Travis Trickett as OC, and I think that's an interesting hire. Uh, he was uh, at. USF, I believe last year where USF was terrible one and 11, but their offense was actually all right. And then uh, previously at Georgia state, uh, when I think they knocked off Tennessee, I think it was the OC. Um, uh, for some reason I thought they had retained their OC. That is not the case. So that is interesting because you're going to have big bird essentially learning a brand new system. And AK, completely AK, different system. Yeah, and big completely bird, different system. Big birds, Grayson McCall folks that, that don't yeah. know. So Grayson McCall goes in the portal. He considers leaving and then comes back. And we're going to talk more about that in a second, but I got to key in on, on the transfer portal. Cause we talk about this. The transfer portal has become such a big factor of college football. We grade the transfer portal. If you're not army, Navy or air force, the transfer portal is just absolutely crazy. So departing, we, we will key with, um, not Grayson McCall, which I think that right there might be the win that would, you know, on, in grading this, but they did lose cornerback Gerard uh, Cameron to UMass. Uh, they also lost Corey Warren, a defensive lineman uh, to Georgia state. So in conference, um, they also lost Josiah Robinson, a linebacker to Georgia state in conference. Ouch. Uh, you also got uh, a slew of other guys that are in the portal that haven't landed at, at places. Teron Ivy, a tight end, Kylan Milliner, a safety linebacker, Zamari and Harrell. Those guys probably going to end up somewhere. Uh, also Braylon Ryan at defensive line. Um, also lost quarterback Bryce Archie, who I, we saw him play a little bit. He went to South Florida uh, with the bulls. And uh, then also Willie Lampkin. This was their stud. That hurts. That yeah, hurts. this and was their stud. Disgusting. Who he went to also. Yes, he goes to the North Carolina Tar Heels and Mac Brown. That was a big loss. And then this one was gigantic. Their best defensive player, Josiah Stewart, defensive end, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan comes for him. They get him there. Uh, that was th- those are two huge, huge losses. Also, quarterback t- uh, Ty Lyles is in the portal. Cornerback uh, Manny Stokes. And uh, and defensive lineman Travis Geiger, so that's who they lost. I mean, I'll be honest, losing the offensive and defensive lineman right there, pretty fucking huge. They did gain Michael Mason, a defensive lineman from Wofford, the Terriers coming over in the FCS. Also, tight end Matt Alamo from the Rutgers Scarlet Knights comes in. Uh, also, uh, they, they did get some some pretty good ones. They were able to talk defensive lineman Willie uh, Moise to come back. He hit the portal. They, they talked him into coming back Notre Dame tight end, which Notre Dame has been a tight end factory somewhat lately. Kane Barong comes in that that's an interesting get wide receiver. Jensen Hooper price from Northwestern transfers in uh, Tulane defensive end, Carlos Hatcher Tulane. Hey, they only beat USC in the sugar bowl and it had an amazing season a year ago. Cornerback Juan Powell from East Carolina. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> must must not have cut it there in Greenville. Um, they also bring in a Juco and cornerback Abraham Tamoni the third. Uh Furman offensive tackle Evan Jumper. Furman was an FCS playoff team a year ago. 
Uh, they also brought in Kansas quarterback Ethan Vasco. That that was a that that was a big loss for. So Kansas thought Jason Bean was leaving. He announces he's coming back using the COVID eligibility. And Vasco, who Kansas coaches were kind of high on, uh, now he he gets pushed to third string, and he goes, you know what, I'm out of here. So keep an eye on that move. As and can, he might be looking at you know next year. Obviously, this is Grayson yeah. McCall's team, but if there's an injury, or maybe he's just looking at next year and saying, hey. Let me get my feet wet in the program, learn the offense, and then maybe next year I'll be handed the reins. There you go. They also got tight end Zach Courtney from the Colorado Buffaloes. Dion told him to get the fuck out, and he went to uh <laughs> he went to Merle's Inlet. Uh, then uh, also Wisconsin cornerback. Remember Wisconsin? Jim Leonard had a great defense. So uh, Avion Jones comes in at cornerback from Wisconsin. Uh, overall, NC Nick, I know. Grayson McCall hit the portal, came back. They have two of these guys that came back. You could argue that as a win, but man, they got kind of killed on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, they lost two starters and and probably two of their best five players. So that definitely hurts. If you're not factoring in McCall coming back, I think you say Coastal lost the portal. Uh, sure, I mean they brought in a lot of depth. They brought in especially at the tight end position. It seems like everybody maybe wants to be the next Isaiah Likely or something. Yeah. Uh, but I like what they brought in. They just lost, you know, two of their best players. So I would say I would chalk it up as a slight loss. If you factor in basically re-recruiting Grayson McCall and bringing him back, then you say it's a win in the portal because obviously Grayson McCall is one of the best G five quarterbacks in the nation. And he's been doing it there in Conway for, for several years now. And, and the fact that he's back for Tim Beck's first uh, year is, is just huge. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh I mean, this guy, where I mean, this guy is one of the better quarterbacks in America. So that is a gigantic yeah, G five, P five, whatever. He's one of yeah. the best quarterbacks in the country. Gigantic get uh for Tim Beck. I don't know how that they, they got some NIL money at the Hooters there. I don't know what happened, but um McCall's back at quarterback. You gotta be happy there. And I'll be honest, the offense, like the skill position players, Reese White's back at running back. Uh, they also have Braden Bennett who, who flashed a little bit a year ago uh, and CJ Beasley. Yeah. I mean, they, they go pretty deep at the running back spot when you add Beasley white and Bennett receiver wise, uh, Jared Brown, uh, he's back sophomore season T- uh, Tyson Mobley. He's back. They bring in the Northwestern transfer. I alluded to in Hooper price. They also have Sam Pickney who remember him. He was at Georgia state came to coastal last year. So they're bringing back their three, like three proven wideouts. Uh, the tight end position. Remember, they bring in Kendall Kerr uh, or Carr. It is Kendall Carr from North Carolina. I think he's going to be penciled in as their day one starter. Uh, now, the offensive line, as we alluded to, that's the the big thing here. They bring back the whole like what uh, left guard Will McDonald, I believe, is back. Then Willie Willie Muse, who I told you hit the portal, then comes back, and then uh, Donnell Wilson. So they get three of five back on the offensive line. They could bring in a Western Carolina transfer and Dylan Luther at the right guard um, from a couple of years ago. Um, that would be, I don't know. I mean, you think the offensive line will be all right? Well, so I mean, the offense in general, obviously, the quarterback position, they're good. The the, the running back position, they're loaded. Both Reese White and C.J. Beasley were over 500 yards rushing last year, and you mentioned Bennett also. Uh, and then receivers, yeah, Pickney, Brown, and Mobley, they were all over or all 40 catches or more last year. So they have a ton. Look, remember, Coastal was young last year. You know, yeah, they had a bunch of guys 
uh, Javion Hidley. I mentioned Isaiah likely uh, the CJ Marable. I mean, they lost a ton of guys coming into last year and, and last year they were young and they, they, they knew that and all signs were pointing for probably more towards a more successful 23 than 22. So the only question mark whatsoever on the offense is the offensive line. I mean, you know, Lampkin was the cornerstone. He was the leader of that offensive line. If he came back, then it's only four out of five and you would be, you would be completely set. But with that said, Beck is high on the offensive line and he's excited about their potential, but sure. Bring only bringing back three of five. It, it is a question mark. Well, and then the defensive side of the ball, it seems like they took way more hits than the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. uh, defense now, brand new defense coordinator is Craig Navier or Navier. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, this is a guy that's been all around. He was a DC at Texas back in uh, or co DC at Texas back in 2019. He was also at Houston. He was a Tom Herman guy. So interesting. Uh, see, they had some great success at Houston. Uh, so we'll see how that works. But um, that they got him, and uh, once again, I think they also have uh, Dan Carroll is also the the other DC. I think they have two. Actually, I think they have two DCs. They're going with multiple DCs here for Tim Beck. I could be I could be fucking that up a little bit, but uh, I think those are your two co DCs. Um, on the defensive line, they bring back uh, Kennedy Roberts. That's a big one. He's a senior at defensive tackle. Um, and that is a point of it. Look at the line of scrimmage. You see, okay, Jaquan Griffin is a name we should watch. A senior, he was at Georgia Tech. That 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 guy could be an, an X factor, knowing that they they got hit at that position when when they grabbed a couple guys in the portal from them. Uh, nose tackle Allen Henry, also another senior, played 13 games last year, didn't start. So you got that. Linebacker wise, remember I was talking Teddy Gallagher, man, linebacker wise, Sean Bruce seems to be the guy. This is a, a guy that's a sophomore and you, you, back to NC Nick's point that they went young last year. Uh him, JT Killen, uh back, as well as uh the nickelback, Chase Atkinson, who was a uh two played two years at uh, Syracuse, I believe. Um secondary, you got secondary probably is this the position I feel like they might feel most comfortable with. With uh, Dre Pinkney, uh, Tobias Fletcher, and and Jamar Brown coming back, Jamar Brown coming uh, from South Carolina in the SEC. There, uh, the corners are a, a little untested, but you have senior Jacob Proche, Proche, I think it is. Uh, that would be one to watch. But where's the strength on this defense? You think? I'd probably lean towards the linebackers and the safeties. I, I don't think you can say the whole secondary because they did lose both starting cornerbacks. And you know, this defense was not great last year. They gave up 31.8 points per game, which was second worst in the Sun Belt. And they were the worst pass defense team in the Sun Belt, giving up 285 yards per game. And you lose the two cornerbacks. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. They weren't playing that great last year. Uh, a lot of new faces on the D line. I, I would say the most cohesive unit from last year to this year is linebacker. And they were lo- young last year. So you hope for improvement there and uh, the safety position should be a strength. Maybe that helps the the more inexperienced cornerbacks uh, that should be on the field this year. And they bring back the kicker and punter. That's all uh, close games. You never know. You want some special teams. Some plays a factor more than, you know, if you ask uh, Jerry kill, um, 
All right, look, we're going to go game by game on the schedule here and talk about coastal in 2023. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the coastal Carolina shot declares 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Best ball mania is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Yes. Underdog pick them is a, also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player. Perhaps coastal Carolina keeps a good college baseball program too. Uh, there's so many ways to win over at underdog and act and it's active in so many different States. So you go to check them out, head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. promo code S G P N. All right. Yeah. Before we look at this coming year real quick. Yeah. I was on the under with them last year, just because I, I knew they had so many new faces and I was wrong. I forget what the number I think was, was it eight? I think or it was eight and a half somewhere right around there. Yeah. So I went the under and they started off six and oh, I mean, they, you know, granted their schedule wasn't great for the first half of the year, but they still beat like army, Georgia state, Georgia Southern. Then they had that head scratching loss at home to ODU, which made not much sense at all. That moved them to six and one. And then they beat Marshall at state and Southern miss in a row. They're at nine and one, but then the injury to Grayson McCall. Yeah. And then, and then a lot of rumors about Chadwick leaving Chadwell. Uh, Chadwell. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, always, I always say that. Uh, then yeah. And then that, that really, you know, they lost uh, through the last three games, which McCall only played one of them, by the way, that, that ECU loss uh, McCall did not play. And uh, it, you know, in his absence, Jarrett guest, the uh, backup quarterback it really, you know, struggled when he was on the field last year. So overall though, it was a, it was a I mean, they won nine games. So <laughs> it was a pretty good year when they were supposed to be rebuilding. So I just wanted to touch on that before we look at this coming year. Yeah. And big bird McCall, you piss steel. Um, maybe, maybe show up in the bowl game. All right. I'm joking Grayson, but you would have <laughs> lost anyway. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, Man, so the wind tone. If you're watching YouTube.com/slash the college experience, shout out to Cameron Kerr, our graphics guy. You see the sweet ass Coastal Carolina graphic. The wind total sitting at a flat eight, folks. Eight. Let's go game by game because week one, for some strange reason, the beach meets the beach. All right, they're going uh, to the other <laughs> ocean, though. All right, yes, the beach. They the Atlantic say, versus the Pacific. Yes. Uh, they are hopping on a flight. How many connections do they have to go on to get to Los Angeles? Is the question because they're <laughs> heading to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA. Wow, this is if I had to guess, this has got to be their first game ever in the state of California. And um, Chip Kelly, look, if you were to tell me now, obviously, Ch- Chip Kelly's kind of turned UCLA around, but if you were to tell me that you were going to play UCLA. Out of you know, all the times I think you would want week one, I think, because they might be starting a five star freshman in Dante Moore. Now, sure they might go Colin Schley. I also think if you were to ask UCLA saying when would you want to play coastal, you would say, Well, I'd like to play in week one because they're breaking in a brand new coach. So you kind of got this game. Chaos could happen. Brand new coach with a brand new system. Uh UCLA. It's not like they promoted the OC or something. But no, I mean it's like Last year, uh, South Alabama in the Sun Belt gave UCLA a game at home. Should have beat them. Yeah, they really, they yeah. really should have. But I, I think South Alabama is probably a notch above Coastal. But no, yeah, I mean, first game, first year head coach, totally new system. I think you have to give it to UCLA, even if they're starting a freshman quarterback. Yeah, 
I got to UCLA is turned into like a power run team too. Uh, I find that interesting. And I feel like coastal's defense might not be ready for that. Um, Carson Steele is the starting running back for UCLA. He can, he's a, that guy's a machine. Watch out. I got to go UCLA. Maybe it's a close game. You gonna stay up. You gonna stay up at Merrill's inlet for this one. Well, I, I was very pissed that uh, when I saw when the, the time of it was released is 1030 Eastern time. So, I mean, I, I guess I understand the fact that you don't want to play in the, you know, midday heat in Southern California in August, or I, I guess this game's on September 2nd, technically, but uh, I was a little bummed that it's on so late. That was an issue last year because Bowling green uh, came week one and no one showed up for UCLA. UCLA has a hard enough time bringing fans whenever, but it was right. like, it was one of the hottest days in the history of Los Angeles. And you also had wildfires that were not that far away. So it was like, it was just like terrible idea for a game at, at noon. Yeah. Um, so I think that had something to do with it, but week two, I am intrigued by week two's matchup because rich Rodriguez and Jacksonville state, the Gamecocks coming into Brooks stadium, man, people don't know if you don't follow FCS football, Jacksonville state is good. Florida State. Ask Florida State about Jacksonville State. Um, this is a dangerous game. This is one. I, this is actually like one of the my favorite non-con matchups of the season because they kind of remind me of each other. I know Jacksonville State's in in Alabama, but the style of play they kind of remind me of each other. I'll go coastal, but I don't feel that solid about this one. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think Jacksonville State. Uh, I, I've liked them in the FCS for a few years now. I think they they have a lot of talent on that team. They they are you know they're in a talent rich area of the country as far as college football players, and uh, they're one of the teams I'm I'm kind of excited to to see their transition into the FBS because I think they could, they could be pretty damn good in a few years. Uh, or they could be pretty good this year, but yeah. no, at, at home though, I'm going to give it to Coastal. Dude, I bet you this is a one score game. This is going to be a game. I would gonna, not be surprised. Yes. Uh, week three, then they get the Dukes. So I got them at one and one. You got them at one and one. The Dukes. And that's of, not the James Madison Dukes. <laughs> yeah, that's later. That's uh, later. The the Duquesne Dukes FCS. Hey, just a couple of years ago, Duquesne wasn't bad. Last year they they regressed. Uh, not a horrible team, but not a good team last year. I think it was two or three years ago they were solid. Maybe uh no. Coastal Carolina beats Duquesne. Yeah, two and one. Two and one, and then Georgia State comes to town week night, Thursday night. This is a critical game for Sean Elliott, the head coach of Georgia State. It's a critical year for him, for sure. And you know the crazy thing about Georgia State and this series, it was tied three to three, and a home team has never won, which is pretty surprising. Uh, Coastal Carolina won in Atlanta last year, forty-one twenty-four. I think that streak finally snaps, and I think Coastal wins this too. Mm, mm, mm. All right, I'll join you here. I feel like this game is tough, man. This game is, is like uh, I'll join you. Grayson McCall's the difference here. All right, three and one out the gate, but now they head to Statesboro, Georgia, and this is a loss to me because I think Georgia Southern's pretty good. I like their home environment. I got Georgia Southern beating Coastal in Statesboro. It's a tough one. I, I guess if you're trying to go conservative, you say they probably split the two Georgia schools. But you know what? They beat the two Georgia schools last year. 
Uh, Coastal has won three in a row against Georgia Southern, make it four in a row, and a very nice start to the Tim Beck era. They are sitting at four and one. I got them three and two. And even that, you could talk me into a Georgia State or Jacksonville State win, but I got them three and two <laughs> right now. They get a bye week and then they head to Boone, North Carolina, weekday game. I think it's a Tuesday. Man, they're lucky it's October 10th and not a colder time of year. True. Um, they don't win in Boone. I can't take they've never, they've never won in Boone. Yeah. I got absolutely. I, I love this. this game. This is this is really a budding new rivalry. It's becoming fun every year. The the two fan bases despise each other. It's gonna be a fun game on that Tuesday night, but I gotta go with the trend here. App State wins at home. Yeah, so that puts me at three and three. It puts you at four and two. And it's back to back away. They go to Jonesboro. Man, I don't even I, really- I, I, it's actually three away games in a row, but App State does have the. I'm sorry, uh, Coastal does have the buy before the the trip to Jonesboro. Yeah, so now they go to Jonesboro. It's a, this is like the one the ODU game last year. Like yeah. this is this is where I'm like I'm taking Coastal, but don't don't be surprised. It's a weird trip, man. That shit is far. It's like going to play Tulsa. You know what I mean? Like that is. A, give me give me Coastal to get it done. Because I think Arkansas State's trash, but what are you doing here? No, I agree. I, I think Coastal is just more talented. You know, and, and you're, I mean, look, conference play, college football on the road is never easy. But I'm on. I'm gonna put this one in the in the uh, w, uh, the W column, and that is what five and two for me. Five and two for you. Four and three for me. Now this game is huge. Mm. Remember the win total is eight. I think Marshall's better than them right now, dude. I think Huff being there, I'm taking Marshall to win in Conway. Yeah, I, I am too, actually. And, and yeah, last year it was the first ever matchup between these schools. Coastal kind of surprisingly went up into Huntington and got the W. Revenge might be on the mind of Marshall, and I think that that physical run game might be a bad matchup for that kind of you know shaky you know defense of the Chanticleers. So I'm actually going to give Marshall this one. Yeah, so that puts me at what? So that puts me at four losses there. You're would, four and four. I'm five and three. Yeah. So then they had to ODU. They lost to ODU a year ago. I feel like whatever happened with Ricky Ronnie, I don't think it's working out because the portal ODU got destroyed in the portal. I got them going up to Norfolk and getting a dub, moving to uh, five and four. Yeah, yeah. Last year in that game, which was very surprising, because ODU came into Conway and and really just smacked. Uh, Coastal Carolina around. They ran for over 320 yards. Blake Watson, the running back for the Monarchs himself, ran for over 250. Uh, again, like like the week before, I said Marshall wants revenge on Coastal. Well, this time is Coastal wanting revenge on ODU. Give me the W for the shots. And then they come home and take on Texas State. Great schedule. You don't get you don't get South Alabama. You don't get Troy. You don't get Southern Miss. You get Arkansas State and Texas State. You gotta love that. Uh, Texas State comes in. They have brand new head coach uh, coming over from from Incarnate Word. At least by November 11th, they should understand his scheme, his system, and everything. But I got to favor Coastal Carolina to get it done here. So yeah, same here, definitely. Now comes the interesting one because Army's moving to the gun. Jeff Munkins made this known actually, and he's using the blueprint that uh, he essentially I think a similar offense to what Jamie Chadwell ran. Right out of the gun army, but look by week 
you know, by what is that week 13, week 12, I think it is. Um, they're playing in West point. It's going to be cold as shit. Going to be cold as shit. Uh, right on the river there, the Hudson river. This game is very interesting to me. This was a close game a year ago in, in Conway. <laughs> Let's put it this way. So coastal ends with at army and home to James Madison. I, I do think they lose one of those. I'll say it's the road trip at army. I'll, I'll say that kind of surprises them. They drop that one and then they finish strong against the other Dukes. They're two and zero against the Dukes this year. And they finish at eight and four, which puts me solid right on the number. We're, what about you? I think seven and five, and I think there's a shot at six and six. I feel pretty See, good about this. I can't be sitting right on the number, so it's it's not the toughest schedule, but there's enough losable games there where it's tough to feel too confident about an over. But I think they get to eight, and I think there's a slightly higher likelihood they repeat last year's record because I think they're a better team than last year. So give me the over. But it certainly will not be one of my locks. I probably won't actually bet it myself. I think I think it's a hard schedule because I gave them a win against Georgia State. I gave them, uh, you know, a, a, if I if I have them at at uh, well, I just feel like they'll they could lose to Jacksonville State, Georgia State, and Army, and I'm giving them wins, and I'm still on the under. So is, is their schedule harder than last year? I, I think out of conference. Yes. 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 Jacksonville I mean, state is good. U- UCLA is good. Now Duquesne. Okay. But uh, like Gardner Webb was better than Duquesne. Du- Gardner Webb was an FCS playoff team, but they get, they're at army. They played army in, in Conway last year. And not only are they at army, they're at army on November 18th. Like they, that could be in the fucking snow for all, you know, you know what I mean? So I'm on the under and I feel decent about it. Yeah. I, I think what, if, if you're betting, if you're betting an over, I think you can only afford one out of conference loss, which means they either have to beat one of the away games at UCLA at army. Obviously at army is probably the easier one. Yeah. I don't know. It's, if they were to get army in September or even early October, I would feel better about that, man. That's going to be November 18th. It'd be like five degrees up there. Um <laughs> I'm on the under. He's on the over. Look, before we get out of here, we got a visit from uh, my friend Michael Barker, who do, does absolutely fantastic work. Uh, if if you if you haven't checked him out, um, well, you need to because uh, you know he just does absolutely great work. Um, this is a guy that that travels around to like 300 different uh, different stadiums and, uh, and and just covers college football nonstop. It, it's, I mean, didn't you see him at a game and see Nick? Yeah, actually it was coastal. It was app state at coastal last year. <laughs> and did, did they end up rushing the, uh, the stadium in that game? Did they, or did they rush the field? I mean, they won, but it was, they won pretty handily. So there might've been a, a few people rushing the field, but it wasn't like it was, you know, like just a big mob of people, but I forgot to mention, I mean, and actually the game I'm going to go to this year is, is Marshall at Coastal Carolina, and I actually had Coastal drop in that game, so maybe I'll be wrong about that one, and maybe that will get them the ninth win. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and you've been there more than once, or what? How many times? Just once, but I'm going to go this year again. So uh, I, I plan on making it an annual trip because it's a good time, man. 
True, and you gotta love the fun belt, sun belt. But uh, hang on one second here. We're gonna load up this Michael Barker interview. Uh, Michael always does such great work. You should give him a, a follow on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour. And uh, yeah, I'm just waiting one second. I press play, but the the the, the, the computer is taking a second here. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, I I highly recommend you check him out. Going to college football games, especially the sun. The sun belt gets it. That's what I love about the sun belt. Like in this age of college football realignment, where TV execs are are uh, are, are really just rerouting college sports and, and trying to make it more like the pro model, the Sun Belt's a breath of fresh air because whoever whoever's in charge or making the shots as far as realignment and and the school presidents, they seem to be you know they seem to know their identity. Man, it's absolutely perfect what they got going with with the Sun Belt. So get out this this year, Sun Belt, Fun Belt, baby, catch a Sun Belt game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to. I've never been to Brooks Stadium. I would like to go to Brooks. Now I've been to Boone. That stadium's fantastic. I've always wanted to go to Hattiesburg. So uh, yeah, I mean, they just have like a, a lot of fun stadium. Statesboro. A shout out to our boy Clay. All right, here it is. I think I got it right here. Uh, hopefully, this all goes good. I got you, Michael Barker, joining us on the College Football Experience Coastal Carolina 2023 season preview is. Michael Barker, AKA college football campus tour on Twitter. Is this an account? This is a must follow. It's a must follow. Listen, listen to Dundee. It's a must follow because this guy goes to like 300 games a year. I feel like, and he's just always oh, like six, five, six, sometimes seven games a week, multiple games in the, in a day. It is a must follow. He, he does great, uh, like uh, great photography shots from the game too. Uh, how you doing Michael and appreciate you hopping on the show. Absolutely. I'm uh, happy to be here. And we're going to talk about Brooks stadium, which is tied for the record of my most games at with four. Yeah. Brooks stadium here. Uh, the emergence of coastal Carolina, just a super fun program to me. Like they kind of, I don't know what it is. I know it's that they have the teal turf. Some people love it. Some people hate it, but something about this program, I think captures Myrtle beach pretty well. <laughs> And, and I don't know if it was Grayson McCall, the quarterback, when he had the mullet, or they used to have this linebacker that did the mullet too. Uh, his name was Teddy, Teddy Gallagher. Gallagher yeah, I yeah. Uh, and something about this program is a lot of fun. I know my brother NC Nick goes to a lot of games to catch out uh, to catch this uh, this this team and this buzz around around the city. There, how was your experience going to Brooks? Well, it's, you, it's fun. It's uh, a really fun environment. You know, they they've won so much in the last couple of years, almost out of nowhere. You know, they affectionately refer to themselves as America's team and they play all these fun belt weeknight games. And I've been to four 2019 through 2022. I've been to one game each season and every time it's got better and better. I mean, if you look at the, first of all, the history of Brooks stadium, I mean, the program only started in 2003. Uh, the stadium had only 6,400 seats and it was a grass field. Uh, an interesting nugget that I think you'll appreciate is the stadium is named after the children of Robert Brooks, who was the founder of Hooters America. <laughs> no way. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. do remember there being an arena football team called the Hooters back in like the early nineties. So I wonder if it's, if, I mean, I'm assuming that's the same owner, but that I didn't know that that explains a lot. So it, and it matches up with uh, Conway and Myrtle beach perfectly. So um, yeah, I, I found that one out there, but you know, they installed what we call the surf turf, the teal turf in 2015 and the stadium is at its current capacity in uh, 2019 of 21,000. And 
you know, my, my best experience at uh, apps or at Coastal was there was actually two in uh, 2021. I went there when they played Kansas the year before during COVID. Kind of the game to put Coastal on the map is they went to Kansas and they beat them. It was the first time they'd ever beaten a Power Five program. That was part of a home and home series. So in 2021, they played back at Brooks Stadium and they beat them for their first home win P5 in program history. And then last year, uh, it was a revenge game against App State. In 2021, they were undefeated. They went to Boone. It was a Wednesday night game, sellout, 31,000 uh, people, and they lost. App rushed the field. And so they had this game marked on their calendar the next year, and they returned the favor. They beat App, and they rushed the field in in Brooks. So those are my best memories in Conway. It's always great when you can rush the field, and that's what's great about Brooks Stadium and uh, and uh, Coastal Carolina. I mean, you gotta love that their come up. I remember them in the FCS not long ago, and now they're beating Power Fives down there at Brooks Stadium. So awesome! It, that sounds like an awesome. I really got to get to this game. It's right on the road. I've driven right past this. It's like right, uh, uh, like you can see it if you're driving on the the main road right there. It I think is it's SC five forty three. If I can remember, I think that's the highway name. Yeah, so you can see it right there on the road. Uh, it's pretty awesome. You gotta get, you gotta check out some Sunbelt Funbelt action. Well, Michael, I appreciate you hopping on the show, telling us about, you know, a little bit about the history of, of Coastal Carolina and, and Brooks stadium. And uh, hopefully I'll catch you at a game one day. Absolutely. They got a uh, September 22nd, Thursday night game. It might be a good one to catch. There we go. That's why you should follow him. I told you, he knows he's got this all memorized in his head. So there, boom, folks, you guys got to go check him out at CFP campus tour on Twitter. Uh, he does the photo of the game. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's an awesome follow. It's just an awesome follow. Uh, Michael, thank you. Thanks again, man. And uh, have a wonderful day. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Michael Barker talking about Brooks stadium. We got NC Nick's been to Brooks, Michael Barker. I need to get over picked on. He needs to go. So maybe they did rush the field there. I don't know. I didn't rush the field that night. <laughs> you you rushed maybe the, you, you rushed the bartender that night probably because uh, you were just hey give me another drink give me another cocktail high likelihood yeah I mean look you're in Conway look uh, I'm excited I'm excited I feel look I hope I'm wrong because I, I I like it Coastal has this identity a lot of times in college football I feel like especially the newer schools. And I'm sure Patty C will tell you this as well. Sometimes you struggle to have an identity. I look at like yeah. Charlotte. Charlotte is a team that uh, I don't know that there's an identity there with them. Right. Well, you yeah, know? I think you hit the nail on the head. They're fun. Something about yeah. Coastal Carolina is fun. Charlotte's not fun. They're boring. Yeah. The, the stadium's boring. Uh, the uniforms are boring. There's nothing fun about them. And I think sometimes we have to remember that that football should be fun and it's fun watching the team from the beach with their mullets and they had a very unique offense also. So uh, yeah, that's why people, that's why they're America's team. Like they say they are, they shot down the Chinese spy balloon. They are America's <laughs> team. Let's go folks, folks subscribe to the college football experience. Uh, we're on, well, well, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, but that's the hub for all of our stuff on YouTube. We host the college baseball experience. Like I said, Coastal's got a very good baseball team. The college basketball experience. I'm here for you every day of the college basketball season. Coastal, I want to get you into the NCAA tournament. Let's win that Sun Belt this year. All right. Uh, I we also host the FCS college football experience and the college football experience. We come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, but subscribe to all of those podcast feeds that are all solo podcast feeds. Please give us a five-star review. Tell us 
while you think I'm an idiot and I'm wrong, but just give us the five stars on iTunes or Spotify, please. If you can also uh, give NC Nick a follow on Twitter at NC underscore underscore N I C K. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D the college football experiences on Twitter at TCE uh, on SGPN. So give us a follow there and come talk. Look, coastal plays a lot of those weekday games. We have this thing called the discord channel sports gambling podcast.com slash discord where pretty much anytime there's live sports, maybe you're a coastal basketball fan or baseball fan hop in there. We're all watching these games. It can be fucking badminton and in, in new Delhi. I swear. Like you just get on over there. You're going to see just a, a, a party of DJs just talking about whatever sport you can think of, but especially college football, college basketball, college baseball. So check us out. And uh, yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to the season. All right. This is the college football experience, coastal Carolina style. You better shoot down the Chinese spy balloon next. All right. And we out of here.